Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement from football. Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit against the NFL in three teams alleging discrimination. And what team got Brady'd worse? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. As it turns out, reports of Tom Brady's demise were not greatly exaggerated. He has, in fact, decided he is going to step away from the NFL, no longer be a part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although... He didn't mention retirement specifically in the post. Someone else he didn't mention, the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, Patriots fans. Very, very strange. Joining me now from Locked on Patriots, Mike DeBate. And Mike, it, it did strike me and, and many people who are reading this, this post uh, from Tom Brady going, uh, where, where are the Patriots in all of this? What, what is behind this, do you think? <laughs> That's the million dollar question, Peter. Everybody in New England right now is wondering the same thing. I mean, you go out of your way to thank the Glazer family, to thank Jason Light, to thank Bruce Arians, to thank the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Alex Guerrero got a big time shout out. Of course, his family is going to get the shout out as well. If this had been completely and 100% Bucks centric, I think it might have taken the sting out of it a little bit. But the New England Patriots fans felt a little slighted by Tom not mentioning them. Now, is there something more that the New England Patriots and Tom Brady may be working on behind the scenes? That seems to be the general consensus right now. From the sources that I've spoken to close to the team, nothing is imminent. Nothing has been planned. Uh, there were some rumors going around earlier on uh, uh, Tuesday that he was going to show up in Foxborough on Wednesday and have a big you know, conference. That definitely is not going to happen. But at the same time, you have to think these two sides are probably going to come together in some way, shape, or form to give Tom a proper goodbye in New England. The relationship these two sides had for over two decades really has had far too much good uh, for it to end this way. And there's been some early reporting that that Brady will come and, and sign a one day and retire as a Patriot officially, mm -hmm. and that's maybe why this was all happening. It, it, it does also seem like the photo that he posted in this slide is from when Tampa Bay played in Foxborough. So, I mean, it, it, the, the details really did get that granular mm -hmm. on the other side of this. Tom Brady was also seemingly upset at how this all went down. Uh, there was the reports over the weekend on Saturday that, that he would be retiring. Then it was Don Yee, his agent and, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going not so fast. My friend, they pulled a fully Corso. And it, it was a, a very strange situation. I do wonder uh, and would love your insight on this. Do you, do you think the way that this happened actually affects the, the sort of the way the message was also transmitted? Yeah, I think it might have had a little something to do with it. And that's really more pure speculation on my part than anything else in terms of like behind the scenes information. I don't have anything that would either confirm or deny that either way. But there definitely was a breaking of the rhythm in the way Tom Brady wanted this to get out. Uh, that I can tell you, people that I've spoken to that are close to both camps know that he was not happy about this leaking out on Sunday or Saturday, excuse me. And it just didn't leave a, a positive image in his mind 
mind on how this was all going down. So what does that mean for him moving forward in terms of how the Patriots and he are going to be able to handle this? Uh, That's one thing. But in terms of Tom Brady maybe being a little bit upset that things broke the way they did. Yeah, I think there's a little more truth to that than a lot of people may think. When when this all gets worked out in, let's say, a week, do we look back at these conversations and go, this was this was nonsense? Like, why did we even spend time talking about this? Because I think there's a good chance that that is, in fact, where we are in a week or two weeks. Yeah, again, like I said, there's way too much good in terms of the relationship that Tom had with the New England fans, with the Kraft family, and despite of what a lot of people want to write with Bill Belichick. Yeah, was there some friction there? Absolutely. But ultimately, these two guys respect one another. You have to think things will come together. Uh, Important thing to remember about symbolic one-day contracts, they're not as symbolic as people think they are. These are transactions. There are certain things that need to be worked out. So, Give it a little bit of time, folks, but eventually I do think the two sides come together and get a proper goodbye. All right, so Tom Brady is the co- the, the quarterback of the 49ers in week one next year. That's just confirmed, right? <laughs> That's it. BetOnline.net's going to go on that right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making Locked On Today your first listen of the day. Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit against the NFL, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos alleging racial discrimination in their hiring process. We break it all down, coming up next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Locked on Bucks weighs in on their thoughts on Tom Brady's retirement. 22 years, seven championships, and Tom Brady is officially hanging it up. I'm David Harrison of the Locked on Bucks podcast, Tom Brady. Right around half a day after his Let's Go podcast with Jim Gray was published, where the quarterback said he was day-to-day on his life decision today, posting on Instagram that he is indeed calling it a career, the record holder for pretty much everything you can have the most of in trackable data within the NFL for quarterbacks, hanging it up again after 22 amazing seasons. The bust for Tom Brady for the 2026 class of the Hall of Fame, probably already in the process of being developed and created. It was an amazing career, an amazing run, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans will look back on the two years they had in the Tom Brady era, producing one Super Bowl championship and more hope for the franchise than the fan base has experienced in a long, long time. But now the fan base, the team, and all of us, of course, are going to look towards the future as to which quarterback exactly will be replacing Tom Brady for the 2022 NFL season and beyond. The chances of Major League Baseball spring training being delayed intensified Tuesday as the owners and players met for over 90 minutes and made zero progress, sources say. While pitchers and catchers are scheduled to report to some camps as early as February 14th, less than two weeks away, players and executives anticipate the start of spring training will be postponed. How long will depend on the ramp-up negotiations with have dawdled since the league locked players out December 2nd. The average salary for players has dropped in four consecutive seasons, and the players are seeking to reverse that in a number of areas. Giannis Antetokounmpo was not going to let the Bucks lose to the struggling Wizards. What's up, everyone? Kane Pittman here from Locked On Bucks and Milwaukee. Scrap out a win over the struggling Washington Wizards. It did look for a little while like they were going to lose. The final is 112 to 98. They were losing 
86 to 83. Rui Hachimura hit a three. The Bucks looked like they were heading towards another disappointing loss. That was with around eight minutes left, and then Giannis decided, uh, this is over. We're going to win this game. You would hope if you're Milwaukee that you wouldn't have to rely on an MVP performance from Giannis to beat this Wizards team, but they took it tonight, and they needed a win. We know they were coming off a 36-point loss to the Nuggets just a couple of nights ago. Giannis finished with 33 points, 15 rebounds, 11 assists, 13 of those points came in the fourth quarter. He had some ridiculous passing involved in there as well. And ultimately, uh, sometimes you got to rely on your MVP to win the game. Uh, they did that tonight. I think they've still got plenty to work on, particularly defensively. They're a little bit out of sorts. They're looking tired. They're looking worn out. It looks like they're desperate for the All-Star break. But for tonight, at least, they relied on Giannis. Sometimes, as I said, you got to do that, and the MVP is going to carry you to the promised land on any given night. Uh, there was a flagrant foul one on Montrez Harrell that may have sparked Giannis a little bit in the fourth quarter as well. If you are having an MVP discussion right now that does not involve Giannis, you are not really having an MVP discussion. The New York Rangers cooled off the Florida Panthers on Tuesday night. Hey, what is going on, hockey fans? It's John Chick with the Locked On New York Rangers podcast here to quickly talk about uh, what turned out to be a really, really nice win for the New York Rangers heading into the All-Star break here. They're down 2-1 to one in the second period to a really tough opponent, the visiting Florida Panthers. They end up scoring four unanswered goals to close out the night with a really nice 5-2 to victory. And, you know, what? halfway through this game, or close to the halfway point of this game, I didn't really think the Rangers were playing all that great. I thought the Panthers clearly had the better of play. When Alexi Lafreniere scored to tie, the, to tie the game, I wrote down in my notes that, man, the Rangers are lucky to be tied in this game. But the Rangers really seemed to find their groove after that. That seemed to get them going a little bit. And uh, it turned out to be, like I said, just another really, really nice night for the Rangers. A really solid win heading into the break. Uh, you got Chris Kreider doing Chris Kreider things. Igor Shosturkin, fantastic as always. Uh, Ryan Strom getting into a fight and getting onto the score sheet as well. So uh, just a really, really solid performance and one that I think if you're a Ranger fan, leaves you feeling pretty good uh, with where this team is once again heading into the All-Star break. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for all the football action this season. Here's a look at... Some over-under receiving yards lines for the Super Bowl. Now we're getting really fun in this one. Cooper Cup leads all receivers bet online. They have the over-under set at 107.5. Goodness gracious. The receiver with the second highest over-under, Jamar Chase at 80.5. Bet online also has T. Higgins at 71.5. Odell Beckham at 65 and a half, Tyler Boyd at 38 and a half, Van Jefferson at 34 and a half. For all your gambling needs, Bet Online has you covered. Here is another story you need to know. In a bombshell filing, Brian Flores, the former head coach of the Miami Dolphins and seemingly potential head coach of any of the teams currently seeking head coaches filed in New York City a class action lawsuit alleging racism and discriminatory practices against the NFL, including a Miami Dolphins owner in Stephen Ross, potential game fixing and tampering in in the, the structure of the NFL. Joining me now from Locked On Saints and Locked On NFL, Ross Jackson and Ross, this is just the first This is the opening salvo for Brian Flores. There could be a long litigation process here, including new plaintiffs, and and there will be lawyers, as Andrew Brandt is wont to say. What do you think ultimately is the goal of 
a litigation process like this. Yeah, look, I, I think the goal is simple here, and it's to improve the hiring practices of the NFL. I mean, you see some of the things that are allegedly taking place throughout this this complaint and, 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 and all the legal documents that are out there in terms of how all of this is being constructed, and you're seeing decision-making processes around the NFL being criticized. You're seeing the you know, lack of representation across the NFL being criticized, which has been a consistent issue, particularly when it comes to coaching front office positions, coordinator spots, and uh, you know, uh, top tier uh, position group coaching spots as well. And you're seeing a lot of questions being you know uh, put up here just about hiring and retention and, and being able to foster these uh, folks that are coming through and are trying to, you know, go from being players to being coaches when you have a, a league that's, you know, over 70% black and those players eventually want to move into those coaching positions, those GM positions. Right now, when you look across an NFL that has just one black head coach in the entire league, there's not a lot of uh, optimism out there for you if that's the path you want to go. And the NFL ostensibly has a rule for this. I mean, they, they have a dedicated group of rules, not just for head coaches, but assistant coaches as well. And yet the so-called Rooney rule has not helped to promote a, a any kind of equity in hiring practices among races. So let's say we're just going to replace the Rooney rule which seems aimed more at protecting the NFL from litigation than actually affecting uh, any sort of racial justice in terms of the hiring practices of the NFL. How do, we, how do we move forward? How do we make the NFL more equitable if we can do it by legislating action? So this, this uh, information here that, that is out in terms of this class action lawsuit uh, speaks directly to that. First of all, it highlights the disparity across the NFL. One black head coach, four black offensive coordinators, 11 black defensive coordinators, eight special teams coaches, three quarterback coaches, and only six GMs, which includes a new hire this year by the Minnesota Vikings. So it lays out the disparity, but it also talks about potential solutions, including creating and funding committees that are going to be dedicated to sourcing out black investors to take over majority ownership stakes within teams, which is going to change the complexity of who is making the decisions quite literally across the NFL. Also, the idea of being able to uh, write out rationale for hiring and termination decisions more transparently. Transparency when it comes to pay for all GMs, head coaches, and coordinators as well to make sure that people are being paid their due and are not suffering based upon the color of their skin or their race or gender or any of the other dividing factors that might be used in payment disparity within practices that we've seen across not only the NFL, but elsewhere. You could also take a look at the way that they're talking about training programs for lower level black coaches who have and have demonstrated the wants or desire or ability to be able to advance within coaching. So they're worried about creating programs that not only end up bolstering the coaches that are out there right now, but finding ways to identify, finding ways to uh, elevate those that are coming in as well and are looking for those opportunities, something that in the NFL, it just hasn't happened. Instead, they replace tokenism with a couple of black coaches and a couple of coaches of color and just expanded the term as opposed to actually addressing the issue. This, this deposition, everything here actually has some uh, solid and I, I guess I'll say cement approaches that can be taken by the league. Coming up, Tom Brady has a long legacy of winning. The question is, who got beat by Brady the worst? 
Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. I said this the other day. I bought some of the coconut brownie again after I had them probably about a year ago and had been waiting for them to come back. I, I, it is hard for me to describe to you how good they are. And I had almost forgotten. It is They are unbelievable. And, and all of their flavors taste really great. You just have to find your favorites. But the best part is that they're, they're legitimately fuel for your body in a way that can be guilt-free. Low in calorie, low in net carb, low in sugar, yet high in protein and high in fiber. They're the perfect thing pre or post workout. Even if you're not a workout person, they're a great snack to have on the go, a great thing to take to the airport with you or on your way to work. If you're going into the office, if you're not at home, it is very easy to look in your cabinet and see all the, the junk maybe that you have. I always have a couple things in there that I'm like, okay, I just need a little treat. Built Bar is a great salve for that. When you do not have to reach for the chips or the cookies, you can still reach for something that tastes delicious and fuel your body right. And you can use the promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off at Built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Tom Brady had an illustrious career of winning, dealing some heavy blows to most of the teams in the league. And his legacy of playoff success all started with a rule. I'm your boy Q, host of the Locked On Raiders podcast with that time your team got Bradyed. And this all comes from the heels of Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement after 22 seasons in the NFL. Of course, he's the greatest of all time. Way too many rings. He's got rings on top of rings on top of rings, right, to talk about it. But this is about the time that your team got Brady. And of course, covering the silver and black, being a fan of the silver and black, there's only one time that I have to think about, and that was the first time. You know, it's always worse the first time. That was the tuck rule. Uh, the Raiders get the snow job, get tuck ruled, get Bradyed, whatever you want to call it. John Gruden eventually gets traded from the silver and black, goes to Tampa Bay. I mean, there's so many things that change the course of history in the NFL if the tuck rule never happens, including maybe the dynasty in New England never gets started, you know, because that, again, was the beginning. So I think when you think of Tom Brady and you're following the silver and black and you're a fan of the silver and black, you immediately flash back to the tuck rule to Charles Woodson stripping Tom Brady and them going back and calling it an uh, incomplete pass. Uh, it still makes me angry to think about it to this day. But hey, there's a special coming out pretty soon about it as well. So why not go 30 for 30 on the tuck rule? Keep opening that wound up. Matter of fact, this is opening that wound up again. I'm out. From one moment haunting a fan base to several, the Pittsburgh Steelers never could quite figure out how to stop Tom Brady. Chris Carter has a good idea as to why. When you're talking about Tom Brady and the Pittsburgh Steelers, there's any number of games you could pick on where he Brady the Steelers. He beat them 12 times out of 15 games in his entire career. But to me, it was never about a one particular moment that defined this dominance that he had over the Steelers. It was more so the collective view of how he would process the field. And to this day, this is where I've always been on Tom Brady. He is the best processor of the field as a quarterback that I've ever seen. He sees things. He identifies things. Even when you're trying to disguise things on defense, he knows what you're trying to do. And that's what destroyed the Steelers time and time again. And Troy Polamalu, a guy who was a student of the game, studied film religiously to be ready for, for, his, for the NFL, which is why he made so many gambles. None of those gambles ever crushed Tom Brady. He never threw the pick to Troy Polamalu. He threw picks to other Steelers, but never to the to the legendary Hall of Fame safety that defined the position for so for so long 
that to me is what epitomizes what Tom Brady was to the Steelers as a guy that you could have schemed everything up against and it just didn't work. Troy Pomal even talked about like, hey, they knew what, what we were calling before we were calling it. And while some can point to Spygate and other cheating scandals that were involved with the, with the Patriots, the, the fact of the matter is Tom Brady being able to see what the Steelers were doing half the time was the reason that he consistently dominated and often avoided the crucial mistakes that usually cost teams in big games. To me, that's what defined Tom Brady's dominance over the Steelers, knowing where they were going to be, knowing how to attack their defenses, how to break down Dick LeBeau's defense, one of the greatest defensive coordinators in the history of the game. He faced him and continuously won against him. That's how Tom Brady Brady the Pittsburgh Steelers. Looking in his own division. Not much success was had, save for the team in Miami. The Dolphins can boast a handful of victories over Brady that had some people scratching their heads, this host included. That wasn't without Brady getting his due from them, though. Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, and Tom Brady has officially announced his retirement from the NFL. And the Dolphins are able to stake a claim in a couple of different ways. They beat Tom Brady 12 times more than any other team in the regular season, and they intercepted more Tom Brady passes with 27 than any other team. And yet Tom beat the Dolphins twice as often as the Dolphins beat him. And Tom threw more touchdowns against Miami, 72, than any other team with the exception of the Buffalo Bills, who also allowed 72 touchdown passes in his illustrious career. So sometimes you get the bear, sometimes the bear gets you. Tom, happy trails. From regular season to postseason, Tom Brady enjoyed unmeasured success. Remember that time that Tim Tebow faced him in the playoffs? Yeah. Tom Brady has officially retired. And from a Denver Broncos perspective, ladies and gentlemen, one of the things we'll always remember about Tom Brady, the Denver Broncos made it to the division round of the playoffs with Tim Tebow and an overtime strike to Demarius Thomas to advance. The very next week, they'd have to travel to Foxborough where Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots absolutely just laid a smackdown on the Broncos. It's one memory that I remember as a kid that always sticks with me. But outside of that, the Broncos have gotten Tom Brady's number in some AFC Championship games on birth to a Super Bowl appearance in 2013 and 2015 for the Broncos. But for Tom Brady, one of the greatest of all times, one of the best competitors and guys out there for the game of football will be missed extensively. And I can't wait, from a Broncos perspective, to watch he and Peyton Manning call Monday Night Football together in the near future. We'd be remiss if we forgot to point out that one team that may actually have bragging rights over Brady as he retires, all hail the New York Giants. Hi, everybody. I'm Patricia Trainer, host of Locked On Giants podcast. And Tom Brady might have gotten the best of the Giants in the regular season, going 6-1 and one in the games he played against New York, two of which he played uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, of course, the rest with the New England Patriots. But I think the one thing Giant fans will always remember, and I know I will remember, and yes, you know where I'm going with this, are the two postseason games, the Super Bowl games, in which the Giants got the better of Brady and the New England Patriots. The games were four years apart, and the Giants won each on a last-second late-game score. And uh, Brady, always a gracious uh, gentleman, but whether he won or whether he lost, just um, a tremendous career. Like I said, it's been a privilege and an honor those few times to cover him. And I wish him nothing but the best in retirement. The game will never be the same without him. And there will never be a Tom Brady in the NFL. 
And finally, Jimmy Garoppolo ended his Tuesday press conference with what sounded like a farewell. It's been a hell of a ride, Garoppolo said to 49ers fans. I love you guys. See ya. Head coach Kyle Shanahan was a bit more cryptic with his thoughts, saying, I've got the ultimate respect for Jimmy, and I'm very excited about Trey. That's where we are right now. Most expect Jimmy G to be playing somewhere else next season, including, as it turns out, Jimmy G. Coming up Thursday, Wisconsin faces a tough road battle at Illinois, and we'll talk plenty of NBA. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.